Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show, we interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about their expertise, what fires them up, and how they put their dreams into action. And perhaps as an entrepreneur or change maker yourself, you need to be in the limelight and you want to bring yourself out with panache. Well, today's guest is going to help us how to do that. Heather Poduska, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, I'm thrilled. So tell me about your work and what you provide for people. Well, I work with entrepreneurs, professionals, visionaries who are ready to go big. They've been in what they've do they're doing for a while. Maybe they're up leveling, maybe they're rebranding, but they know that to take their brand and the business to the next level, they need to be visible and they need to have a clear message. And then the message, how that gets communicated through words, through copy, through marketing, through their brand story, but also through their image, everything that you do, your presence online, to portray the expertise, the level of value that they provide, but also their authenticity and that passionate you know, story and message that they're trying to share. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you feel that people are not aware of when they uh, want to make themselves more known and more visible online? Or is it just online that you work? Or is no, it? No. Oh, so when they want to make themselves more visible? I think my touchstone word always is alignment. That it's alignment and consistency across all channels, across all platforms. And what I see is that people try to piecemeal things. They, um, they might do their visual branding in one way, their message isn't 100% clear, or maybe they've outgrown their current brand, and so what, what their heart and their soul is telling them, that next step has evolved past where, what they have been doing, who they've been serving, and I think that that's what gets people in, not in trouble, but the thing that makes a brand really powerful is that clarity and alignment, so that you have one message, and everything that you do is a spoke off of that platform. So when I work with people, we develop that core thought leadership platform, and then everything naturally flows from that. And I think that, pe this is what I think is the number one thing, people don't take the time or give themselves the space to really develop that core point of view and thought leadership platform. And once they do, I always call it, I, that I should say I'm a brand zipper, because it's like zipping up the entire brand. It's a tight, aligned package and that gives it power and streamline so you're not diffusing your energy and you're making a really powerful impact with your message and with your profits. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of what that might look like? Because uh, I think, you know, it's, it sounds good, but how do we know when, when somebody has it or when we have it? Yeah, absolutely. So when you, so let me give you an example. Yeah, an example would be great. Um, it's having a really clear, and I think going that extra little bit of defining something. So I worked with somebody a while back who was who's a lovely woman. She might not even be doing the same thing at this point, but when she came to me, she was talking about uh, being a women's empowerment coach. And that's great, but there are a lot of people that are women empowerment coaches, and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And this person had also been um, a victim of sexual abuse and had been a professional dancer and what she did was teach confidence and how to use your body to really be empowered so that you are not a target for 
for um, abuse or for becoming a sexual abuse victim. And when we worked together, we got really clear on that message. And instead of saying, I'm an empowerment coach, she switched her title to being an abuse prevention expert. Mm -hmm. And you see how that's more defined and it creates the platform so that any program, any workshop, any talk can lead back to that abuse prevention expert that's very clear, that's distinguished, it's based on her life experience and what the value is that she's bringing to the market, it's aligned. So then she created a boot camp, back off boot camp, right? Isn't that great? Yeah, I love that name. Back off boot camp and yep. it's, it's aligned to the core message. I'm mm -hmm. an abuse prevention expert, back off boot camp, and then all of the other, and it all is women's empowerment, but we zipped it up into this really tight package. Mm -hmm, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So can you give an example of what you might see when it's all over the place? Like, I, I want um, people who are listening to, to be able to say, oh, actually, I am doing a bit of that. Yes, and it's not that you can't have different things, and it's really making sure that the base is in place, that that foundation is in place, because then you can do lots of different things. Um, for example, in my business, I work with messaging, but we were just talking before the show started, I also style um, photo shoots because having the image that reflects the brand is part of the core thing of having a polished, tight brand, which is what my core message is. is when you have your, my core message is when you have your voice, you have everything. When you understand what your voice is and what it is and you have it and you have mastery over that, um, as a singer, of course, that's what you want, but as an entrepreneur and you understand what your voice is, what it can do in the message, then things can come out. So I would say an example is putting the, the cart before the horse or the horse before the, however that is, whatever that is. Um, and it's not that you can't have different programs, but if they're disparate and they're not connected and they don't come back to that core message and th that's where it, it's not wrong, it's just not as powerful. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the difference. So people can have different things in their business, but the more aligned it is, the more powerful it is. Yeah. Does that make sense? So what would be an example of when things are too disparate? Well, um, so for example, if you had somebody who was a health coach and they also did nutrition, they did nutrition, they did exercise, maybe they did some yoga, maybe they did um, some kind of movement, maybe they did some kind of healing with crystals. It's all great, but there's not a hook. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong. You can still build your business. I mean, you can still build your business. You could probably be profitable and do well. But what I'm saying is that if you have that alignment, you supercharge your brand. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the thought leadership positioning to be seen as a national or global leader because people need to be able to hook on to what you are about. Okay, so that, that, is, um, that helps to define how to make it easy for media, mm -hmm. whether it's TV or podcasts or press, right. to call on you because they know that you are about this thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. It just, the messaging is clear. You can have sound bites, which is something that we work on when we get the messaging. And, you know, one of the things that I say often, and you'll, you'll love this one, leaders speak and speakers lead. Right? I say that all the time. Leaders speak and speakers lead because it's true. And it's also what I believe. And when you have your voice, you have everything you need to succeed. So there, I just dropped two sound bites in one sentence. 
But I know that those are my sound bites, and it's based on the work that I've done to get clear on my brand. Mm -hmm. So when you know that, and when you know what the core is, everything springs out of that core. So you mentioned that you needed to get clear on your brand. Can you speak about how you got into this in the first place and maybe some of the challenges that you had along the way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because my brand, even this past year, I would say, has gotten even tighter and uh -huh. more aligned. Um, as you know, because we've talked about this before, I started out as a classical musician. And my whole life, I was a singer. And one of my earliest, earliest memories was sitting on a street corner waiting for a little friend to come over and play. And like many kids do, I was singing and making up songs. But the memory that I think is so really profound is that I had a memory of thinking, I hope someone walks by and hears me and discovers me. Mm. And it wasn't in the time of The Voice, America's Got Talent. It was just an organic desire of a little kid to have their talent heard, to be recognized, and to be valued. Mm. And um, for me, and everybody wants that, everybody wants that. And for me, that path was through music. And I went and asked my mom for piano lessons. By the time I was 11, I was our church pianist. I was paid to play for other churches. When I was 13, I started voice lessons, and I did all the things that musical kids do. And my senior year of high school, I won a scholarship, a congressional scholarship, to study in Germany for a year. And of course, I wanted to keep doing my music, and I found a voice teacher who was an American opera singer who was touring in Europe at the time, and took lessons with him, and he encouraged me to go see an opera. And I'd never seen an opera before. I grew up in a small farming community in northern Wisconsin. So um, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I went to see a couple of them. And finally, we, as part of our exchange program, we went to Berlin. It was still communist at the time. It was a really big deal. And um, we, we, I think it was the Staatsoper, the big op opera company there. And they were doing, I think, Don Giovanni. And afterwards that you know they sang it was the gold gilded theater i was a teenager i was from this small town and at the end when the singers came out for their for their bow they threw flowers at the stage and to me as that little girl sitting on the street corner saying i hope someone hears me and discovers me that was like a drug i was like that's what i want I want flowers at my feet. I want to travel the world and sing in these beautiful theaters. So I went back to the States. I got my degree. And when it was time to go to the conservatory, so I got my undergraduate degree, I, I followed my husband to Boston. Um, but I didn't get into the conservatory. I auditioned, and I didn't make it. So I had to work for a year and find a voice teacher and try again. So when I entered the conservatory, I didn't go in as the hot shot. I went in as somebody who didn't get in, who was not feeling confident, and I knew that I wasn't like this big fish in a little pond. Now I was with some of the best musicians in the world, and I didn't get in the first time. And when you get into the conservatory, you have to re-audition to get into the opera program. So just because you're in the conservatory doesn't mean that you're automatically in the opera program. And I didn't get into that. So now I'm in the conservatory with my colleagues knowing that I'm here and I, I was determined to make it to the Met 
So I practiced and practiced. I would come home. I would be at school all day long. I would come home for practice for two hours. And people, that, you know, my friends would go out and party. I would go home and practice. I was an A-plus student. And the harder I practiced, the harder I worked, the more tense I got. Mm -hmm. I got more and more tense. My body started working against me. I got jaw tension, tongue tension. The high notes that used to pop out were not there. And what would happen is, I'm sure you're a musician, you know when I was comfortable and relaxed and with my voice teacher or a coach or a conductor and they heard my talent, my potential, they would encourage me to say keep going. Otherwise I would have stopped. But people were saying, no, no, you have this. You can do this. And I would get in a situation where I wasn't comfortable or what was like this and it would just shut down. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. And um, I tried everything I could think of. I went to New York and I worked with a renowned breath specialist who worked with emphysema patients to see, to, to relax my breathing. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with music. He was like a, a medical mm -hmm. person. Um, I took Alexander lessons. Those mm -hmm. are, you know, alignment posture lessons every week for three years. I did that. I tried everything I could think of and it really didn't go away. Mm -hmm. I tried therapy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned a lot, but my body did not yes. relax. Yes. And um, I knew, like I said, I had worked with people that knew my talent and I auditioned for the Boston Lyric Opera for the ensemble and um, not just because I knew someone, I was a good singer as well, but I got in and I was in the ensemble, and which is a professional ensemble, and I did some small roles and a little touring company. But after five years, I was still in the chorus. It was not my jumping off point to the Met that I thought maybe it might help me do. And I'll never forget, I was in a production of Magic Flute. It was at the Schubert Theater. The house was full, the orchestra was playing, and the director had placed me center stage right on the lip of the stage. I was right at the front of the stage facing the orchestra. Well, I was next to the orchestra, but I was facing upstage. He had staged me sitting on the ground with my back to the audience. And right in front of me was Pamina, the, the lead soprano, and she was singing over the top of my head. And I had this come to Jesus moment. I was like, uh-uh, no, no, this isn't what I signed up for. I've spent my entire life, my heart, my body, my treasure, my brain, my soul, I mean, everything into this art form into this career to be sitting on the ground with my back to the audience watching someone else sing over the top of my head. I'm done. Done, done, done. So I decided that was it. And I had no idea what my next step was going to be because since the age of five, all I ever wanted to be was a musician and I had dedicated my entire life to that. It's not like I'd worked, you know, in a corporate job and now I was, you know, pivoting and shifting gears. I always joke when I started my business, this is a true fact. I didn't know what Gmail was. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. And I had no idea what I was going to do, and I felt like a leopard without spots. I was a singer without high notes. I had no idea. And one day I was at home, I was paging through the, um, the paper, and I saw a little ad for a career coach. And I thought, I'm going to call this woman, because I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And long story short, we, she told me about personal branding. And when she told me about it, I was like, I can do this because it's so much like singing. Tell me how. How is personal branding like singing? It's helping people find their voice. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing my entire life. Mm -hmm. Helping people find and refine their voice. 
helping them tell their story. Opera is all about story, helping them engage with an audience. And I was always good at acting. I always had a lot of energy and looking the part. When you walk on stage, you have to look the part that you're playing. That's the same as branding, looking the part that you're playing. And understanding how to be visible and engaging and step into the spotlight and get all eyes on you. That's what I'd been doing my whole life. So it was, you know, like hand to glove for me for my, my experience. And what I, what I found was that once I started doing that, um, my body started to relax because the focus wasn't on, I got to make it. It was on serving other people and helping them find their voice. And as I started working with people, I started finding my inner voice and that started growing. So that's, that's how that path began. And as my body relaxed, I started tinkering with singing more and a lot of things have happened since then. And now I've incorporated more singing. I just sang for a fashion show and I did a rap video a couple years ago and I've started doing more poetry and photography and allowing more of that to come in in an organic, I think, aligned way. Yeah. 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 It reminds me, did you ever read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic? Yes. And she speaks about, in one chapter towards the end, a piece of advice that she gives that we don't have to make our artistic passion provide for us. Mm. Mm -hmm. It can be an organic part of our life without it being the piece that brings us our bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And I made the, I went through a very similar story, you know, yeah. with my dance and trying to make that be my thing mm -hmm. and having the same kind of realization, this is not working. Yeah. And, and, um, and now I find myself able to bring it back into the work that I do now and I see actually a future with more dance in the work that I do but it is hard when you don't have there's so many elements that goes into making it work mm -hmm. and when people say follow your passion and make your passion you can make anything you know a business yes and no mm. I think there, don't you agree that there are ways that you can, it depends, like you could, you could probably have used singing in a different way, but that's not what you wanted. You wanted singing to be where you were. Yeah, and I think I'm, it's, I don't, I don't know if I 100% agree because I think things have changed so much. I think the internet has changed the game. Mm. It, it, there's, there's a website called, I was just learning, I'm not on it yet, but it's called Patreon. Patreon, yes. Where you can, you, you take out the middleman. Yes. And I love that. Yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. You don't have to like stand in front of a, an auditioner and say, you know, am I good enough? Right. You just put your art out into the world and, and, and to whom it ever, it speaks, they respond. That's right. Before you were dependent on these other structures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not there is that has been removed now right which right. is why i'm so excited about branding mm -hmm. because when you develop the brand then you have more power to engage and your audience can find you your 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 um your light is is more visible mm -hmm. and more recognizable absolutely yeah but I, I i don't know i think it's i think it's different now i think you're absolutely right yeah i i agree with you that it's there are ways to create mm -hmm. 
by paying attention mm -hmm. to the messages that you're talking about, how to hone what you stand for right. so that you stand out. Right. Ooh, is that a sound bite? There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's right. But it's so interesting. I was just reading a magazine about a woman, and her job is to paint harpsichords. That's what she does. And when I hear stories like that, I'm like, anything is possible. Anything is possible in our niched world. I do think you can have financially viable artistic careers. It's not whether or not you can make money as an artist. It's understanding how to make money as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I think, that, I think that's changed now. Mm -hmm. So people have the tools to do it. So mm -hmm. it's hopeful. Simple. Yes, for sure. So is there anything more that you feel like people need to do or pay attention to um, other than streamlining their message mm -hmm. and what they stand for mm -hmm. and making sure that it's consistent across platforms. Mm -hmm. What else do you feel like people for overlook? Well, I, I, think, I, I think there are three main things. Well, there are five, five things. Message, you have to have a profit plan, right? That's what we were just talking about. You can have a great message, but if you don't have something you're selling or you don't understand how to monetize your message, whether you're going to get paid to speak or have a back-end product that you're selling or whatever it is, you have to have a profit plan. So you have to have your message. You have to have a, a, an understanding of how you are going to monetize what you're doing. I don't think that everybody has to do it the same way, but have some kind of a profit plan. The next is image. And I was just having a conversation with a colleague of mine who did a a professional photo shoot and the the person that did it did not understand her brand and you have to take control of your own visual brand you have to that's why that core piece is so important when you understand what your brand is you can go to any photographer and say no 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 this this is my brand this is what we're doing and we live in a visual world um, I always say you know your brand is eye candy like it needs to be eye candy for the right people. And it, that doesn't mean everybody has to be all dressed up or in Chanel or fancy, but it has to be the best version of you and it has to speak something. I, I don't care if you're pretty or if you have a pretty picture. If it doesn't speak or tell a story or represent what you're trying to represent, you're missing. You're, mm -hmm. you're leaving money on the table. You're not engaging your audience. You get that much time before someone scrolls through your feed. Mm -hmm. There has to be something, some pop. So I'm a huge one for image. And um, I was saying that I style image uh, photo shoots and because it's not just about making it look pretty. It's about being on brand. Mm -hmm. So message, profit, strategy, image, and then what you know so well is performance. If you cannot articulate in a compelling way what you're trying to communicate, people won't pay attention. And sometimes it's the energy that you give off that's more important than the message even. People buy your energy. They're like, they, they, you know, you want that, that charisma where people lean in, right? So the, the performance piece. And then the last piece is being face forward, like being willing to be visible, getting out there. You, you can't sit behind a computer all day. It's really putting your face out there. So that last piece is yeah. actually where I hang out a lot because yeah. I help people overcome the stress and anxiety that they that may come up with putting themselves out there. I'm very much an introvert. In fact, a friend of mine said the other day, you're more introverted than most. <laughs> and even though, you know, here I am yeah. on TV and I do put myself out there, but it's because I was able to 
identify what was holding me back and, mm. and solve for that. Mm. And do you find that a lot of your clients hold themselves back and they just can't make themselves kind of get out in the way that they would like to? Or do people self-select when they come to you? They're ready for the limelight. I think that I think the latter is more true, and mm -hmm. that's who I enjoy working with, people who are ready. They're ready. They're, they're ready. I don't know how to say it any other way. But it isn't about introversion or extroversion. Actually, one of my most recent clients um, teaches uh, realtors who are introverted how to do sales. Mm -hmm. So she is a self-proclaimed introvert, mm -hmm. a bookworm, but she came to me because she has an important message and she wants to be able to get her message out. Mm -hmm. And we worked on messaging. We did a really cool photo shoot that was high-end and really sophisticated, but also showed that she's an introvert. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I like to work with people who know that they're ready. They're, they've, they've tried the piecemeal. And I think that, I don't know if you find this in your work, but I think one of the things that can get people over that is getting over themselves and getting focused on the message. It's, it's less about you and more about what you're trying to communicate. And when you can do that, um, I, at the end of my show, I ask people, what does it mean to you to thrive? And the last person I asked was so phenomenal. He said, it means that I disappear and what's trying to come through comes through. Yeah. And I was like, oh, drop the mic. We're done. We're done. That's right. That's right. I mean, you open yourself up. Right. And let yourself be a vehicle. Right. And I think yeah. that that's one of the big things, that when, you're, when your mis mission is bigger than your ego, then that's a really big fuel to get you to overcome yes. that. And, as you know, when you're feeling tight and tense, as you did, <laughs> yes. it's not an easy thing to get over. And, and that's, so I work with the people who aren't ready for that. <laughs> and it's yeah. so, your work is mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Because it's stored in your body. Exactly. I went to therapy. I exactly. know. I was on the couch. But I know. I did too. It didn't. It wasn't what I needed. And it's it's interesting because when you there are ways to clear it out of the body, but if you don't know that it's in the body and you don't address it mm -hmm. on that level, well, it just lives on. That's right. And then it comes out in lots of uncomfortable, unexpected ways. Yeah. So that's what you do is so yeah. important. Yeah. And you as well. You. So how can people find you online? I'm super easy. It's my name, Heather Paduska. I'm Heather Paduska on Instagram, on Facebook. My website is Heather Paduska. The name of my company is Clear Voice Branding because I'm a singer and I help people find their voice. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, but I'm, I'm easy to find. I try to live what I teach and I'm visible and people can find me. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your expertise. I have learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have too. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. And if you have something that you're putting yourself out for coming up, like a speaking engagement, and you're feeling a bit of dread, I have something for you. It's a guided visualization for speaking confidence. And you can get it at my website, lindayugalo.com forward slash speaking confidence. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please tune in to the next one. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.